Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Randy, today we're continuing our journey through the new book, The Fight of Your Life, that uh, I co-authored with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Tim Clinton. Today we arrive at Chapter 9, and uh, you have an explanation of... I do uh, have an explanation. I'm glad you, uh, you let me uh, talk about that, because we started this series kind of um, accidentally. And by that I mean... Uh, I had featured the um, chapter 8, When Weakness is Strength. We did a feature article with an excerpt from this book. We did it in our newsletter. And the article received such great response that you said, there's an idea, why don't we feature the chapters of the new book as a new series? So ironically, we began this series. If you look back at our podcast, we began this series by talking about chapter eight, when weakness is strength. Now we've reached that point week after week after week. Last week was chapter seven, that we've hit chapter eight. And because we've already addressed it, we're going to move on to chapter nine, which is called What Good is God? For those of you linear thinkers, you could look at the archives, and if you want to do this in order, that would be podcast number one in this series, which I'm sure is marked somehow on our website. So um, anyway, we have arrived at chapter nine, and uh, this is a chapter that I have heard you speak on frequently because the subtitle is, Do You Want to Be Healed? You want to get well is another way of putting yep, that. Yep. And uh, basically, there's also something about the title of the chapter, which is What Good is God? And that's in reference to the idea that so many of us who get lost in sexual sin, myself historically, there's a part of us that is angry at God. And the scripture story uh, that is behind my teaching on this spiritual question of do you want to get well kind of contains, I think, that element of anger at God or disappointment with God in it. So we could just jump right into that story. Well, I think so, because I think most uh, men who are suffering with sexual sin, uh, they they may initially turn to God and say, please take this away from me. Right. And when they don't get an immediate answer, right. that's when they turn around and say to themselves, what good is God? That's exactly it. And uh, those of us that have been through this battle, uh, this journey, uh, we, I, I believe every man that I've ever worked with understands the idea about being somewhat angry, resentful, or at least disappointed that God has not answered their prayers in the ways that they would like. Uh, they have said specific prayers probably over a thousand times to be healed of all lust, to be removed of all lust, Uh, to not even experience lust, and they have been disappointed that God hasn't uh, 
answered that prayer, uh, like I said, in the way that they wanted. In last week's show, you did an interesting thing by mentioning the fact that our listeners, while they may be enjoying this series, we do invite them to order the book because these chapters that we're kind of summarizing currently, uh, there's so much more to uh, these chapters. And uh, as an example, this chapter starts off with you retelling a true life story that you experienced with a man who had his own Christian counseling business and his own radio show. And he started, he contacted you because he wanted to interview you for his show. That's right. And he's one of those individuals who, because of sexual sin, had crashed and burned. Uh, Two marriages had fallen by the wayside. And, uh, he had one of those kind of miracle moments right. uh, in his desperation when he was calling out and the Holy Spirit intervened. And, you right. know, n- not that uh, every man can look forward to there being this eye-opening, right. awesome, miraculous moment, but uh, it's a great story. And, and that's one of those aspects that uh, that you were getting at when you said, read these chapters. I think you're going to enjoy... Uh, the fullness of the stories being told. That is right, and so many of the stories come from real-life examples with, uh, obviously, fake names to to protect the anonymity of the people involved. So um, let's, uh, you know, jump in and talk about uh, John uh, chapter 5, which is the basis of the question about, do you want to get well? Uh, And we'll see some elements in it that we've been talking about here, I think. And, you know, I don't uh, have time on this show to you know, do a full kind of Bible study exposition, uh, word analysis of all the various things in this story, with a couple of exceptions. But uh, it's it's the story of uh, Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem. And the, the chapter starts out by saying that in those days there was a pool that was right outside the uh, Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. And uh, the pool in English is called Bethesda. And uh, because of that famous story, there have been, as we all know, hospitals named Bethesda because the, the, the pool had healing qualities to it. Uh, the tradition was that uh, every day an angel would come down, and uh, here's where we need to get a little bit into understanding of words, but um, the way it's put in the Bible is that the angel would stir the waters. Uh, the King James translates it, trouble the waters, and this is way before Simon and Garfunkel. By I was going to say, I have Paul Simon on line two, if you'd want to take yeah, that call Yeah, he's right going to claim, <laughs> claim copyright infringement. But uh, uh, the idea that I like to think about here is that uh, if we try to make parallels to our own life between that scene and our lives, uh, I think it's oftentimes the case that uh, great healing is possible when something in our life has been troubled, stirred up, Another uh, translation of the Greek word there that I like is the word agitate. The waters were agitated. So, you know, if any of you listening are in troubled, stirred up, agitated waters, you know, it could be that that's, uh, that's, that's part of your healing journey because the Bible is very clear that it's oftentimes in times of trouble that God chooses to help perfect our character. Now, the Bible also describes that there were any number of sick people that would lie by this pool, categorized as either blind, lame, or paralyzed. I think that's uh, an interesting comparison, too, in that I know many of us, in terms of you know trying to get into the healing journey, have often felt blind, lame, or paralyzed. And 
you know, just not able to to do anything. Part of that tradition was the first person to get in the pool after the water was stirred up, that's the person that would be healed. So you know that on a daily basis, there was a whole lot of very frustrated people there. Yeah, the pool was surrounded by people who were suffering with uh, afflictions of one type or another. Uh, This particular uh, principle is taught beautifully by you in our Fight of Your Life uh, event, and we show a film clip from uh, the Gospel according to John, and it's really well portrayed by this individual who for 38 years, and this is is just to remind our listeners, uh, if you're familiar with this, famous story he's been coming to the well for 38 straight years every day every day sitting there lying there unable to walk the bible describes him as being an invalid this is the second example of where the greek word there is important for us to understand because the greek word that's used is astenea and astenea refers to weakness of muscle in fact um it's uh, used in the English uh, term medical condition, myasthenia gravis, which is a neurological disorder that produces weakness of muscles. So we know the guy had weakness of muscles and he couldn't walk. He was an invalid. But the word also, uh, in other parts of the Bible, uh, also refers to weakness of soul. So we know that this guy uh, might have not just been an invalid uh, physically, he might have been somewhat of an invalid spiritually as well. Now, when Jesus you know, comes across the scene, this is the guy that he chooses to talk to. And uh, he doesn't uh, carry on a conversation, really. He, he doesn't ask him questions. He doesn't try to diagnose the situation. He doesn't uh, offer him words of compassion. He just comes right up to him and has a very direct question, which is our question from this chapter, you know, do you want to get well? And... Uh, The guy's response is really interesting to me. He says, sir, I've had no one to help me. I think most of the men who come here for counseling and workshops, um, they have stories um, of neglect and abandonment or, you know, false starts where, you know, they try to get some help and the counselor, the pastor, the friend didn't know how to help them. So they, they oftentimes feel they had no one to help them. And then the guy says, uh, and when I go down to the pool, uh, someone gets in my way, and I know that's a kind of a universal feeling that a lot of the men have that, you know, they, they made some attempts at finally getting free of sexual sin, and then some new temptation came along and got in their way uh, of doing so. So uh, I think we can relate to this guy who was uh, absolutely frustrated. I'm sure at that point he had no confidence whatsoever that Jesus could do anything about this. And then Jesus' response to that, I think, is equally fascinating when he just simply says to the guy, get up. And uh, the guy does. And uh, he's healed, of course, of uh, whatever the medical condition there is. But I, you know, again, see the parallels there. And I think if we're willing to get well, sometimes what that means is we stand up, we get up, uh, we show up, and uh, we start getting help. We start confessing, we start getting counseling, we go to support groups, uh, we get up and we show up. And uh, oh, and one of the modern phrases being used out there is man up. Man up. You know, right. you look at the situation and say, are you fed up enough? You know, yeah. are you tired right, of right. this? You know, it's time for you to look yourself in the mirror and man up about this. That's exactly it. So there's some uh, uh, writing and encouragement in this chapter about manning up, showing up, standing up. But the question really that Jesus is getting at 
with him, I think, spiritually is, you know, do you, in fact, want to get well? Is there a willingness there? After the break, I think maybe we'll talk a little bit more about what that means and uh, have some other things to say. That's a great idea. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. Uh, something you and I both have been talking about here for a while uh, because of our own uh, physical health at some level. And uh, the Trigger of the Week for me uh, today, for sure, is pain. And that is a common theme <laughs> between you and me currently, pain. Uh, and that's aside from the constant pain that I am <laughs> to you. But, uh, no, no. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, we're, we're dealing, uh, we're in a very similar uh, age bracket here. And it's not an old age, you know, situation going on. It's just, you know, life and how it's kind of dealt to you, you know, right. uh, what you're currently experiencing, uh, say, yeah. say what you want to about that. Mine's a chronic back problem. And, right. uh, you know, in, uh, in trying to deal with it in, and you try and do all the macho stuff, you try and gut, gut it out, right. you know, and right. all that type of thing. And when it becomes obvious that it's not going away and, and of course it always flares up at the worst possible times as we're preparing, I'm preparing us, uh, to 
to go to Nashville next week for the um, World Conference of the AACC, right. which means uh, loading a van uh, filled to the ceiling with uh, faithful and true resources, books, yeah. uh, materials, banners, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be putting together a, a very attractive, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. if all things go well, a ten by twenty uh, exhibit. But uh, back to it being a trigger and and pain, right? can definitely be a trigger. Well, you know, I, I don't think there's much value to the listener in us going into uh, all of our medical history. I, I will just say that mine's a gallbladder problem. And uh, I'm po- asking, <laughs> I'm coming right out and asking our listeners to pray for us both. Well, yeah, that's a good thing, because I'm having surgery on Friday. And uh, to get this stupid thing out, because it's been a pain in the side. Now, pain can uh, trigger us into uh, medicating that pain. Uh, Advil is one thing, and uh, Tylenol is another. Uh, My physician today offered me Percocet, which is a narcotic, and I I declined because I just, you know, Advil seems to be kind of managing it at the moment. But, you know, in the old days of uh, my acting out, uh, there might have been some temptations to, uh, you know, medicate that pain with the neurochemistry of sexual arousal and, you know, the adrenaline and the uh, oxytocin uh, that's produced by even human touch. So, I, and I think, you know, pain is a universal human condition. I mean, I think we all have headaches, back aches, stomach aches, you know, uh, leg aches, you know, foot pain, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, uh, for all of us, I think it can trigger us to cope and medicate and for an addict, certainly that can happen in unhealthy ways. Well, listen, uh, let's return to today's program about what good is God and do you want to get well? Yeah, and we've uh, kind of touched on earlier on when we were introducing the show. Uh, one of the things the question is getting at is uh, the willingness factor. And uh, we also, when we think about our own willingness, we have to confront you know, what, have, what has been our level of rebelliousness against God, disappointment against God. I know that by the time I finally was intervened on, I was pretty disappointed that the thousands of times that I'd prayed for God to lift me out of this, he hadn't done it. So uh, it was a real spiritual challenge for me even to turn to God back in those days. But I think the willingness factor, you know, I'm uh, an old 12-step guy, at least originally in my life, and, you know, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, had a saying, or has a saying that says, you know, uh, that you have to have a willingness to do whatever it takes. And uh, that's kind of what this question is about. Are you willing to stand up, show up, get up, and uh, go to meetings, go to counseling, do all the positive things that we know will be a part of your healing journey? Uh, There has to be the willingness to up your energy level to do some things that uh, might cost you money, might cost you time, might not be the most convenient things to do. Uh, you have to develop that spiritual willingness to do whatever it takes. Well, you, you know? and Tim in the book, Mark, uh, say, though you feel the weight of brokenness at times, don't despair, don't quit, don't fall into denial uh, and apathy, and don't lose sight of the goal, sobriety and freedom. Yeah, the vision really is what we're talking about there, that if you have a vision of freedom from lust and sexual sin, if you have a vision of restoring your family and your marriage, if you have a vision of being the man that God calls you to be, the father that God calls you to be, breaking the intergenerational bondage of sin that's passed down to the fourth generation. Um, if you if you can challenge yourself by that, 
then you'll find the motivation. If I knew, which I do, by the way, that according to biblical teaching, if I get my life right with God, if I repent, return to God's ways, according to Exodus 20, God will pour out a blessing on a thousand generations. You know, that's quite a motivation. No uh, no kidding. That's really what this spiritual question is all about. Now, when we get up, stand up, and show up, what are what are we being called to do? Well, the back part of this chapter has some uh, really interesting scripture lessons in it. And one of my uh, favorite ones, even from my childhood, is uh, the one from Ephesians 6, verses 11 to 17, which is all about uh, putting on the full armor of God. And uh, there is... Uh, Various descriptions there that I think are uh, really helpful. The first thing uh, that that talks about is the belt of truth. So if we're put on the belt of truth, the full armor of God, the belt of truth. So uh, if we're putting on the belt of truth, God's going to help to empower us because it's his armor to start telling the truth. And we know that getting honest, confessing, talking about all your history and your your story, that's, you know, the essential first step in uh, the process of healing. So put on the belt of truth. The next thing it talks about is the breastplate of righteousness. I think what that means is that uh, it's not our righteousness, but remember, it's God's armor. So, you know, we're putting on not our own righteousness, but we're putting on the fact that we have been saved by grace uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are accepting on ourselves in our full armor the righteousness of God, not not our own righteousness. And that's an important uh, uh, piece of armor that we have in this fight. The third thing is uh, put on Christ, uh, uh, the fact that he's already won the battle. Then the, the next thing is the shield of faith uh, and hide yourself in his truth. And we're always talking uh, around here about, in the face of the massive lies that Satan has confronted us with, told us over the years, then it, it's really good to, to be in community and around brothers who are reminding us continually of what is, in fact, truth. And uh, that, is, uh, that is our shield. Truth is always our shield. Well, I like that you and Tim also feature uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, 3 through 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like those who do not know God. Well, we have two more pieces of armor to talk about, by the way, in this uh, battle. Um, one is, uh, the next one is the uh, helmet of salvation. Oh, you're still getting dressed. I'm sorry. You're, uh, you're Yes, <laughs> you've interrupted my armament. Um, you know, I, and you're supposed to be my valet, my valet. I, I, I can you, attest to that from last weekend in Canton, Ohio. <laughs> that is right. That is right. And uh, uh, that's too long a story for our listeners. No, but, but, uh, but quite enjoyable. Thank you. Well, you know, when we travel together, you know, you take the place of Debbie and reminding me that this is not buttoned or this is not put on correctly. <laughs> Your shoes are on the wrong feet. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, back to the putting on the armor. Uh, two more pieces. The helmet of salvation. One of the things I like about that image is helmets generally cover our ears. And the helmet of salvation is really about not 
letting in the lies of Satan that we're not forgiven, that we're worthless sinners, that not even God could love us and forgive us. So, you know, it's the the helmet of salvation is guarding our ears and our minds from uh, from uh, satanic lies and untruth and that kind of thing. And then finally, uh, we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Spirit is, you know, uh, biblical truth. Uh, the Spirit is also the Holy Spirit. We know that uh, Paul teaches us that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us oftentimes with sighs too deep for words. We always have the power of the Spirit uh, inside of us to know the truth, to know the next right thing, um, to know how to think and believe and, and so forth. So the sword of truth, which is God's truth, as contained in his word, is what cuts through you know, all of the, uh, the enemies. And uh, what we're talking about here is that if we're really willing to fight this fight, the fight of your life, the title of the book, you know, we have to be we have to be uh, fully armed, and uh, we have to be armed with the armor of God, and uh, we have to rely on His strength, you know, to help us win this fight. The way that you and Tim have described this body of armor of God's armor, this particular chapter strikes me as motivational because if you do want to get well once you have read and heard this description of of uh dressing yourself in god's armor it it just gives you that that boost of confidence adrenaline the holy spirit itself just saying this can be achieved you can you can win this battle you can fight this fight of your life and and come out ahead but only if you do it through the armor of God. That's right. So, all is well, Randy, if we're willing. If, we're, if we are willing. Uh, we thank you for listening today. We uh, met a wonderful group of men in Canton, Ohio last weekend. And um, I'm here to tell you that the gratitude uh, that we feel when men walk up to us and tell us that they're listening to the show on a weekly basis and that their men's support group, their purity groups, are getting together on a certain night of the week and listening to the podcast, which jumpstarts their conversations. And that's really what we're trying to do is start the conversation. It allows you to build your accountability groups, find the strength in numbers, find the strength in the support of other men. And uh, and we appreciate that greatly. We feel totally blessed to have this opportunity. So you've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. And we thank you for listening to the Men of Valor program. We hope that this coming week is a week that's filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com. 